To the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 350. How dare you? How dare you? Only give us a couple books here. Marvel on the big 350. Me and my man Jason will be talking about three books in a couple moments. We'll be talking Amazing Fantasy, then a little Winter Guard, and then Darkhawk. Not the most, you know, impressive books. Not the books that everybody's clamoring for, but are they the ones? That we deserve. I, I I don't know. I mean, again, thank you, Greta. Thank you for joining in right there. But before we get into those reviews, let me remind you to go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Also, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can get a bunch of other shows. And what you would end up getting if you go over right now, if you ran over right now, you're like, Man, there's some other books that came out, some pretty big ones that tie into, say, the death of Doctor Strange. You can go listen to that right now because the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, they ended up picking for the weekly Patreon spotlight, the exclusive podcast that the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, get to pick. They picked the death of Doctor Strange, Strange Academy, and the death of Doctor Strange Avengers. So me and Jason already talked about those. That podcast is already there waiting for anybody who wants to join up and go over again to patreon.com slash weird science. Now, with that, I mentioned those bad asses, and one of the big things that they get there is not only just to pick the books, but a little badass roll call. We give them a little shout out here. And here we go. I love Punchline. Michael S., Forrest Pauly, Cam, Matt Razor, Demon 3000, Lady Abby, Matches Balone, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, but also co-host in there as well. That is Jason who will be joining me in just a minute. Michael G. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocket, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Alton Stoja, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood. What's he doing? Probably sleeping. Simon, Luis, Man, Ship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Dalton Edom, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, my man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray, that's a Brandon. We'll get Brandon back on. He still has a lot of scheduling conflicts and probably drunk as well. Him and Luke go back and forth. Double A run, last deal, and a shout out to the all time great bad S. Reginald Drinkwater. Uh-uh. There you go, Reggie. And the song seems a lot longer than it usually is. There we go. There we go. Like I said, if you wanted to go over right now and listen to me and Jason and what is about an hour-long show, talking about both of those Dr. Strange times, as well as other things. I have just started an Ultimate Comics, a Marvel Ultimate Comics podcast, where I'm going to be going through all the Ultimate Universe stuff, starting with the Ultimate Spider-Man. Also, me and my man, Dr. Matt, have been talking about the original Secret Wars as well, and there's plenty more after that. A lot of shows. I think the first week, we're getting near the first week done of November here, and I think we already have 12 shows, but if I count right, maybe 12 million. I don't know. Actually, really, we have about 12 shows over there already that are exclusive to the Patreon in this first week but yeah check that out but with all of that said and done let me go over to me and jason taking over and talking about those three books all right and i am here with my man jason what up jason good morning jim how are you good morning lovely and we don't have a lot of books from marvel this week and fortunately or unfortunately the badasses the get fresh crew beep, boop, beep, they boop. ended up taking both of the Doctor Strange books, which, just to tell everybody, they are 
tie-ins, they're not necessary. Me and you even were talking. You won't be lost if you don't happen to read these books. If you go on to the next Death of Doctor Strange, I'm pretty sure you're going to be just fine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't have to find out that Toth jumped into the swamp to swim. That is a spoiler. But yes, we end up, we're here. And because you were joining me, thank you once again, uh, I figured let's just go with what we have left with the books out there that we're talking about or can go into which is winter guard amazing fantasy and dark hawk and dark hawk is the only one that i actually have been keeping up with with these three amazing fantasy i tried two issues i was confused so catch up on that winter guard i actually hadn't read more than about a page of the first one but you had read all i'm like i'm i'm in and i started reading these amazing fantasy we're starting with wacky book (laughs) this one is right it's a very singular book. It is certainly the vision of uh, Kari, Kari Andrews, who is the writer and the artist. And it's clear that this was his idea, right? Sometimes you read a book and you figure, well, the Marvel editors needed this done, so they looked for people to do it. But no, I'm pretty sure Kari Andrews had this idea all by himself. Yeah, I, I would it's love his to. Gig. The funniest thing I was going to say, yeah, who could come up with this? But obviously, Kari Andrews can. It, it it's wacky. It it might be tough for us to talk about, but we're gonna give it a shot. It's it's so out there. And you even said with it, you know, the art and Carrie Andrews, all that, it's like one big package of kind of I don't know, it's trippy at points. Yeah. At points you're wondering, Oh my god, he's got a lot of balls there to go with all this stuff and, and all this stuff going on. We'll see. We'll see. It's I'm, got a, a dream like like dream logic kind of a quality going on. It feels but, like an Elseworld story plucked out of time in wrapped in an enigma. I, I'm telling you, it's it's, it's wacky. Maybe, maybe with also with a fever. You had a fever, it might make more sense. That has that kind of feel to it. Right? Yeah. You're there. You're all hopped up on goofballs. You're reading this, and it again when I read it, it does almost. When I'm done, I feel like I was in like some sort of dreamscape. And the funny thing is, I love that. Well, I don't know why I'd love to say that I hate it. Uh, it would be easier for me to just write this off and say, there's nothing here. I hated it. Too. But there's something there. It, it's weird. And especially at this. But I'm a little worried that what are we going to do with one issue left? Because I'm still in four issues. I have no idea what's going on. I, I just I sit there confused. There's a lot of moving pieces. We've got multiple races, multiple armies, multiple traitors betraying each other. <laughs> Multiple everything uh, theories. There's, there's uh, only one storm though. One one on the cover. The covers are maybe my favorite part of the series. This cover, we've got this huge black massive fantasy horse, and perched on the back of this horse is Chibi Storm. She looks like she's representing the Lollipop Guild. It, she does. Now with that, I see like where the stirrups are. I don't think her feet can reach down there. And she has a, a cracked <laughs> shield. Training wheels, right? yeah. yeah, she has mm-hmm. Captain America's cracked shield, which the shield became a big thing. I mean, everything seemed to be the setup. And, and when we start out, and we'll if you look through. a little higher on her, uh, uh, what do you call, pokey thing, spear, that's the word I'm looking for, it's spear. I have not finished my I tea yet this morning. I thought you were talking morning. about Pokemon. Right. No, the, the, the spear, the pokey <laughs> thing, you know. I was looking for that Charizard. Spider-Man's uh, yeah. torn you up have that, yep. And, I mean, to keep going, you have the bands from Black Widow on the other spear that oh, so ends do, up yeah, going there. Yeah. So that's a crazy deal. Now, with this. But all these covers, they're, the covers, they look like 1970s, early 1980s fantasy novel covers. And they even kind of, they look weathered and beat up. Like you're looking through, I imagine being in like a used bookstore and, you know, way in the back where it's dusty and spider webs and you find this, you know, series of fantasy novels you never heard of before yeah, I used and to i love think that's the, what he's going for yeah that's that's the feeling he's yeah, that, and we had a bunch of used bookstores in our town and i just at that point that was my big thing and i loved and my mom would go she'd get like anything with fabio on the cover anything with pirates <laughs> on the cover right. you know with a lass in their deal and i would go and look at the fantasy and science fiction stuff and you would see tons of this stuff and it was always cool i would guess at some point it, whether or not, I don't think this is, you know, selling the pants off of people. You, but I think that there would be something where you could collect these covers. It, the problem is it's only five issues, but maybe they have some variants that we don't know. Of, but it would be cool to kind of have a little thing where you can have these covers together because they do look awesome. They really do. Here is the 
here is the recap here of a odd book. It is written by Carrie Andrews, art by Carrie Andrews, with Brian Reber on Colors DC's Joe Sabino on letters, and it's also Carrie Andrews' art on the cover, which is awesome. Enslaved, this one is called World War II-era Captain American Teenage Spider-Man, a young Black Widow, along with some of her Red Room rivals, and a young Storm were killed in their respective time periods. They all awoke on a mysterious island populated by warring tribes of mythical creatures. Captain America allied with the winged lion and the tribe of cat people, including a young boy nicknamed America, or America, as I say. Black Widow joined King Ren, while Spider-Man was reunited with his deceased Uncle Ben, living among a tribe of dragon-riding warriors. I, if that's not wacky <laughs> you, up already. Are you doing wacky Mad Libs here? Yeah, that's what I think it is. Mad-libs. It can't be Mad Libs because I would have said, like, butt cheeks or something by now. <laughs> the heroes, along with their respective tribes, met on the battlefield to fight for dominance. Despite Captain America's efforts to de-escalate the situation, an orc hurled a spear that killed or America. Pokey thing. Yes, yes, pokey thing. Stabby, stabby. A great battle then erupted between the different tribes. When Spider-Man pleaded with his Uncle Ben to help stem the violence, Ben instead hurled him to the ground and directed a mighty blast of dragon fire at everyone. It's crazy. Now, the craziest thing, they don't even mention because they're not getting into particulars, when they end up where the orcs are going to decide if they're going to fight or not, and they yell, we got to talk to the Oracle. Oh, to, my God. It, it, that was horrific. Again, uh, that's the fever dream part. That's the thing you think of when you, you're taking too much cold pills. This little shriveled baby, but it's not a <laughs> baby who's bound up to look like a baby. Oh and he's always God. in pain. Yeah. Oh, and my he, God. He likes war, though. So yeah, likes war. Just thing. yells war. I have a feeling that if we follow baby old person Oracle, they're like, hey, what do you want for dinner? War. I, I think that that's the thing. Yeah. It's, that's the only word it knows. And there you go. It makes sense for these orcs. But again, maybe if baby Oracle had gone to Strange Academy, this would be a very different story. It would be different. Well, it, this isn't different. And it's wacky. So you end up getting a little even recap of that in the big fantasy type deals. You have these huge, almost woolly mammoths dragging bodies and nets and things. Mm-hmm. And you go back to see. You know, the deaths of Steve and Black Widow, Spider-Man, all these things going, how they got to this death Had we seen the death of Storm? No, I I didn't think we did. We just saw her kind of just show up. It mentions it in the recap, but I don't think I saw that. No, and that's what shut, because I hadn't read the third issue. I read the first two, and you even said before we recorded, Storm showed up at the end. Of issue two, we believe. If I'm, you know, I think you're right that she was right. in space on the moon, and that's where you're reading the book. You're trying to get a hold of, you know, Captain America with the Cat People and Spider Man mm-hmm. with Uncle Ben and the dragons, and then all of a sudden you're in a rocket ship with Black Widow going to, and then you see Storm. I'm like, I, I'm not getting it. But like I said, there's something there, and they have captured all of our heroes, even villains, everybody that we would be aware of. And they are in a prison as you start to kind of see this, I don't know, an evil plan with King Ren and Uncle Ben and a mysterious figure. Yeah, yeah. And Chrome yeah, I don't. I mean, again, that's another dream thing that all the names rhyme for I don't know why. That's got to be on purpose. You're right, too. And I didn't even recognize that until you just said because I just said them out loud because I'm reading it. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? And so these... Uncle Ben is the weird one. He is definitely that wild card. That There's some odd themes that Carrie Andrews is putting in here. Like Uncle Ben, he misses Aunt May, fair enough. And he thinks that if he actually gets to really die, he'll get to see Aunt May again. Yeah. And, and with that, he seems dark. to be making a kind of a deal. Then the deal right. ends up just being... Yeah, you're going to see her, you know, in hell. And, and you know, we th- thought we had all these different groups, but like the leaders of the groups are secretly working behind the scenes to betray everybody. Yeah, to betray everybody. And I'll tell you something. This, the confusion of a lot of this, like the, the groups, we don't really know them as well as maybe we should, but then when they turn on no, each it, other, it they feels kind of like, the, like the Battle of the Five Armies kind of a feeling from. But it's like if you only went to that chapter and you didn't have any of the, the background or setup, we only see them at that. Yeah, you're right. You just show up and, uh, okay, the dwarves are there. Uh, okay, are they with the elves? Are they not? Like, that's how you get it. Now, with that, there are some neat things. But even so, like out of nowhere, then you have Baby Storm. You know, it's, it's, I don't understand how that even got to be that way. And she's, you know, crackling her deal. And they had these plans, though. 
for our heroes. It seems, as you find out here, that now we have another kind of another faction of the Army of the Dead. You end up having this as one big plan. It seems from King Ren and the Dead, but it, with that Ben. So we have this this Chrome Dren and the Prince Ren and the Uncle Ben and the Tiny Storm. They're like a cabal, but then some of them betray each other again. It's 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 that's all it keeps doing, backstabbing here and there. I don't know why they should even trust each other and things. And it's funny too because when we get to the stuff, and I'm saying me and you because it is on the Patreon. I just realized, but. When we have a little bit of the Illuminati and things like that, it's like almost like mm-hmm. that. But it, like you said, a it's, bit. it's more of the Council of the Five Army. Like you have all this stuff going on, but you're not sure. I'm always kind of off balance and and maybe a step behind of what exactly. Because when somebody turns on another person, I don't quite get why or what. It's just at the end, I'm going to rule this land. I'm going to do this. I'm you know, so Prince Ren ends up as the one who seemed to have the real deal with Uncle Ben. And Uncle Ben's like, oh, my God, we had a deal. You made a promise. You know, I, you said I could go see Aunt May. What he did was horrific. He turned on Peter. And, mm. you know, that just, I guess you're supposed to think that's how much he misses May. Like, he has to be with May that he turned on Peter. You, you said even before we started, I said in the thing, that takes a lot of guts for Carrie Andrews to try to play that card. Um. But I guess what you do then is show that he gets backstabbed, literally, so that mm-hmm. you're like, okay. Well, well. first, he, he had gotten I, – I think a big thing is that he had acquired Captain America's shield. That's part of – it's a necessary part of this plan of whatever they're doing. It's going to be a focal apparatus for this machine. So he had to get that. And it says there's – there's a page where it says, we – I think you misunderstand. I'm not here to give you power. I'm here to oversee it. And – who is saying that? I don't, I don't know. Because I thought it was the Chrome Dren spawn. So that's what guy. I thought. That's what I but thought. But then the very next panel it says, "What's this? I've been betrayed. Who's? Be- I don't know who's betraying whom." Yeah, I don't. I even, don't know. I don't either. Is, um, is is Chibi Storm protecting him? It seems like Chibi Storm is protecting him because that was when they were on the moon, even when Black Widow went. And remember when they kicked so him out? Who's betraying him? I don't. I I don't know. I thought the Army of the Dead was his army. No, isn't I it? think it might be Ren's because of the way he plays it. That's what I'm saying. Is it's very okay. Odd. So this is this is Ren betraying Dren yes. and Storm <laughs> defending. I guess he's Baron now, Baron Chrome Dren. So you have Dren with Ren and then Ben and you know whatever. But yeah, it looks like once you have the raising of the undead army, that is the oh my god, I'm being betrayed. Storm, help me, and you end up having a Baron behind okay. me, and it, it's crazy, and they're going to go in their rocket ship and try to get out of there as Uncle Ben gets stabbed, or you do have Ren say, I'll give you what you want, just stabs him through, and, you know, take him away, and, and you have all this stuff going down, but even then, you have the time has come, and that's where you get, you know, the Grim Reaper, <laughs> there's so many things in here that are going yeah, I was, on. I thought that he and the the other king-looking guy, the spawn-looking guy with the same person, but I guess That's they're not. That's what I they're thought, too. And when I was reading, I'm like, no, I guess that Storm... So was the Grim, Re- the Grim Reaper guy is Chrome Dren. Yeah. It's so and then crazy. Baron is the... Uh. Yeah, Baron. It's so crazy. I'm telling you, my score might be going down here. I said <laughs> it was going to be a wacky thing to talk about because then you end up going to the prison ben gets thrown in he's bleeding he's oh my god i should have never done this whatever brought you here peter grab onto something else all these things going on that are thrown in here you still don't know what really is going on in the major mm. parts of how they oh, got and then we have to get the panel that encapsulates this whole issue where spider-man peter finds a sword a shield and a brand new spider-man mask and he kind of looks up to the sky we're looking for bobby he says what what does this mean? I'm like, yes, yes, Peter, I, I agree. That's, that's the question. Yeah, and so he get, and there you go. You have a golden knight shield with a spider. I mean, this is a specific Spider-Man shield with this. Now, the things that go through my head, we're we're, we're spending weird times with Dren, Ren, and Ben, and and going and we said we're trying to get through it, and we're we're struggling without setup. Those don't really do anything. They fall flat. What I really want to see is, like, give us a bunch of prophecies of what is happening. I mean, there's tropes for these sort of things of the spider 
and the captain and the widow will end up, you know, I need more of that to see and at least give me a hint of what's coming, who summoned them, why they're there, where this I is. I think Kari Andrews is trying to do some sort of a meta thing. He has themes, He's been, but not so much in this issue, but previous issues, pushes themes of the need for strength and standing up for what you believe and manliness and not accommodating oppressors and things like that. And and here he's going. You know, the the think the the shield and the sword and the mask. It's supposed to be like the return of you know a man can stand up kind of a appeal. Yeah, and you know you give it to Peter the the teenager just loses Ben again. By the way, it's like he can't get away from that. Uh, but yeah, so when you're going, even like you said earlier, you had Captain America. He shows up the cat people. He's gonna get rid of the orc oppressors that are killing the, the sons. And, and you know, even that where you had the tribesmen, the main guy who was like, oh, I'm going to sit here with all the ladies. Like a lot of that stuff gets set up and then pushed aside. But I'm never quite on board with everything that's happening. I love the way it looks. But now you have Peter, shield, sword. He's now going to go through. Fighting the zombies. Holy moly. I mean, can can he get more annoying, really? I I love Peter, and I know that he cracks wise, right? This is more than like every panel is another joke about <laughs> skeletons bones or something. I laughed at the bone apart. Oh, I, I did. At first, I did it. it got too much, though. It, it got so over the top. But then I guess, I mean, when you yell bone, <laughs> now I'm laughing. So I guess, like, I can, like that, that's on. the one that got me. Oh, you, it, it's, a, it's a page turn, too. It Turned is. A page, and he, he just. Killed some skeletons, and he says, bone voyage. Bon At one point, now again, all of these, he's like, what does this mean? He goes out, he puts this like on. Like Bugs Bunny. Bone voyage, boys. Bon voyage. Bon voyage. Uh, he goes, you know, take me to your leader. Let me guess Napoleon Bone apart. <laughs> now I'm laughing. I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, oh. it's funny, too. Just as an aside, the funniest deal is these are zombie skeletons. They're only going to mm-hmm. go, uh, but it actually seems like that one zombie's like, oh, my God, that's the worst joke ever. It groans. <laughs> and he goes, I get it. Numb skulls. Nothing gets under mm-hmm. your skin. You don't have guts. He just keeps going. I'm like, he he actually, at this point, his quota of, of the one-liners and stupid jokes, he really has to get some out of there. But he does go, and I, again, you kind of lost track of an idea that these were out of time as well as just the heroes because you have uncle ben who was talking a lot about captain america and then he gets the shield but he you know, big fan all that because of back in the day and at this point this is a world war ii cap so when peter comes down he's like oh my god cap what's up he's like uh, do i know you ah well later on i'm a big fan you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. and then you get you know the widows and they're gonna team up together to go out and you do get you know a pretty cool you know, heroes running towards the camera deal. That's, look. that's a, a great yeah, picture there. I like it. And above that, it even says that he's going to bust every, Peter's going to bust all the other heroes out of prison. And it turns out the door has been unlocked the whole time. And then Peter says, very, very meta. meta. It's, so, it, yeah. I'm, he's Carrie Andrews trying to make a point. I don't know what it is. That's what the weirdest thing one. is. Is you you get this idea, like you said, these themes, and even that very matter. The door has always been open. We're prisoners in our own cage. But I don't get what it is. I still and with one issue left, I'll tell you by the end of this, I am kind of excited though for the last issue, only because I'm like, all right, they're all out. They're ready to kick butt. You got Peter with a sword and a shield. It seems cool, but I still don't know the basic, like the basic concepts, let alone the highbrow concepts that seem. So we've got our our hero team up is all together now, and then we got one last scene where we see what the villains are up to. Yeah, and what are they up to? (laughs) We've got Grim Grim Reaper guy, and we've got the Red Prince. And that was another thing with the Red Prince. His he's brand new to the throne. His dad was like a strong king, but his dad's dead now. And he doesn't really know what to do, and that's why his kingdom's falling apart. All these different groups are fighting. They they mention a couple times the idea that he is kind of he was kind of running scared at, at a point he didn't know what to do, and it was like, Oh, look at the lazy king who sits in his room all day, like that sort of thing. Now, if you haven't been reading this, and God forbid, because I don't know that we're making much sense if you haven't, but I don't know how he could. But Black Widow ended up being with him at a point and 
even with the idea that she ends up with a centaur that seemed to be the only sensible guy in that whole deal, and she ended up having but him take care. But he also betrayed. He was uh, there's, there's so there's like three betrayals per yeah, issue. Per in issue. Games. That's what it seems like. Somebody hurt Carrie Andrews. I don't know who it is, but that, that <laughs> might be part of it. But yeah, you get so on my- our, our our final villains here, and they've built this machine. It looks it looks kind of like at a like Dark Knight's metal sort of a look to it. It, it really almost looks does. like a like a guitar. And up at the top of the top of the fretboard there you've got uh, Captain America's shield which is the you know focus energy and the energy itself is coming from Chibi Storm down there in the body of the guitar. She's you know strapped in like a like you know a prisoner and electricity is coming out of her and this machine we don't know what the machine is going to do but it, it can't be good. No, it- like you said, I think that it is a bit of a death metal-esque deal. It could even be like a, a big sword maybe, but it looks like to me like some sort of conduit tuning fork, that sort Banjo. of thing that would be you know, either bringing something in, something out. But yeah, you get the steel now with that too. <laughs> like there's Chibi Storm. I, I seriously thought they just got in their ship and went back to the moon. I, I really thought that they just walked away. Uh, but obviously, yeah, I think not. when the Army of the Dead attacked yeah, they must her, have just grabbed her, right? The big red guy. They, yeah, they must the have. The Baron. Uh, Baron. So yeah, they're they're doing something, trying to bring something, and as you see, you know, the world's kind of being ripped apart, things like that. Right. The very last panel, it's like a dinosaur skeleton rising. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and running towards us is a three-eyed rat, and it's just crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, the art's great. Crazy story. I I really can't put my thumb on it. I don't know that by the end of this, we're going to even understand what happened. That's a lot for a last issue to do. Maybe Carrie Andrews thinks that we're on board with all the things, or maybe this is supposed to be a big mystery of everything, and we'll get that final thing, how they got there, who brought them, what, and that will kind of... Where uh, all that Spider-Man equipment showed up. Yeah, all of a sudden we'll have a light bulb above and everything will kind of fit in the place like a puzzle, but I I don't know. Even at one point when you had the Rising of the Dead, just to mention that the Kid America, he does rise up as well, and you know, he's there as a zombie type deal, which was kind of cool. I mean, that was a cool way to show you. That's also got to be some sort of symbolism where the Kid is named America and then America dies, and then America rises as a zombie. Yeah, comes that, back that, as that a That feels like he's making deal. a point there. Yeah, I wish I knew what it was. I, I really do. I wish, and I hope that we end up finding out more of that. I do, I'll tell you, though, I do like Baby Chibi Storm in the space outfit. I think that that's pretty cool. And some of the things look really awesome. Huh? I, would, I would read a spinoff issue about uh, Chibi yeah, Storm in I'd space. Yeah, i like Chibi Storm. But what would you give this? Oh, it's a tough one. The the art is really good. I, I I actively enjoy the art. The story is so confusing. This is one that if I if we get a super great confu- uh, conclusion, I may want to go back and raise this because oh, it actually was going somewhere. But as this one issue, it's like a six and a half. I'm a six. I'm I'm a six, and I'm with you. If if all of a sudden the last one ends up th- again. Nowadays, it's a tough deal. I know this is just a five-issue mini, but it's a tough deal to lead people, you know, kind of blind for four issues to then give the light bulb in the fifth. You're asking people to buy something that I think Mm -hmm. that mainly they're going to buy it for the art. I mean, I could see people buying it for the cover, but hopefully it goes. But at this point, yeah, I'm at a six, and I'm kind of at at a confused six overall. But if we do end up finding out, oh, my God, I mean, really, it could raise up. But I don't see it raising up more than, say, to like a seven and a half, even if we get the, you know, big ideas and it spells it out. Like you said, though, it it does feel meta. Is he railing at America? Is he railing at comic books? Is he railing at it? I I don't know. We're going to have to see. But in a six and a six and a half, we're going to move on to the next one, which is Winter Guard. This is Winter Guard number three. Winter Guard. Yeah, and I said when we started, I read a bit of the first issue, and I was like, mm, it's it's really not for me. I mean, the the whole Winter Guard coming out of the Avengers, I like them enough. I don't have a huge. It connection. starts as a tie-in to Planet She-Hulk, right? Yeah, World War so She-Hulk. Yeah. We start in the future in, in issue one, where White Widow's been kind of uh, arrested by. The Avengers, and they're trying to find out what's going. If she knows anything about the She-Hulk thing, 
And then we get a flashback where I, the rest of the story seems to be White Widow telling Carol, or not telling Carol, telling Black Widow, because Black Widow then rescues her, what White Widow was doing with Red Guardian in Russia. Yeah, because that was the big thing. Once you had World War She-Hulk happens and the Winter Guard grab and you know kidnap She-Hulk, and now we find – the weird thing is – So this is almost a, a She-Hulk, a, a Planet She-Hulk tie-in series you could oh i'm surprised i didn't uh, title it like that yeah i mean they they should have but you end up finding out that that whole world war she she hulk that was a dupe that was a thing that she was pretending to do which then kind of throws this off a little but before they might have known it but even that like you said at one point you do have captain marvel who is trying to you know try to figure out What's going on? Carol's to, and that's where you have Black Widow come and say, Yelena's with me, whatever, and then explains it. But yeah, it has just become a Red Guardian and Yelena Belova deal, which is cool. Just, I don't know. I, I messaged you because I was reading all three issues late last night. I was getting tired. I said, mm. this is really dry, but we'll get into it. It's Alexei of, well, let me give you the credits. Ryan Katie on writing, colors by or art by Juan. Uh, Jean Abalzadoya, colors by Frederico Blee with Fernando Sifuentes of Proto Bunker. And these are weird the way they lay these out. Lettering and production by VCs Arne on Mayor. Alexei Ashostakov, alias the Red Guardian, Elena Belova, alias White Widow, have infiltrated Russia searching for data on Operation Snowblind. Intel suggests Red Guardian has an ally in the Winter Guard, but the investigation was inconclusive. Though Red Guardian and White Widow have continued to evade capture, the Winter Guard received a tip that an operation slow by data drive is in the hands of Dracula, Dracul, whose vampire nation is currently enjoying the benefits of political refuge in Chernobyl. And all this stuff is, you know, side things and, and threads from the Jason Aaron uh, Avengers book. We start out mm-hmm. with the World War She-Hulk deal. That's the and deal. characters from the, the Black Widow movie, which I think is also probably why this book exists. And really, when you start getting into it and you get to this point, you realize that that's heavy on it. You're even getting kind of a little bit of a you can hear voices from the movie mm-hmm. in your head. Yeah. And yeah. so but it's also the Dracula stuff, the Winter Guard stuff. You end up having the Red Widow. A big thing is who she is. You know, Dracula knows and wants to reveal it or keeping that, you know, as his ace in the whole deal of everything goes because he keeps threatening them. That's going to be the our big reveal, I think, of this series. Yeah, I think that's who the whole Red deal. Widow is. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's the whole deal with it. Now, in the meantime, I said there there's some okay stuff with Red Guardian and you know Yelena, but it's just this is let's have a dinner party, let's talk about the intrigues, let's go. And some of the characters I do like. I'll tell you, I do not like Chernbog. Chernabog, I, I can't stand him And he's real big In this, and it, it might just be Me, but I'm like, okay, I get it You know, all this stuff, but Everybody hits, I need you to Guide me through this, yeah. I'm telling you I was having problems, even Keeping my focus, so, I have my issues I so. think the the structure of it It's almost like a video game in that Everybody's after these data drives so you need to collect all the data drives. It even turns out later that you have to have all of them or you can't decrypt them. You need to have all of them together. And so Red Guardian has been grabbing some and White Widow has some and Dracula has one. So Dracula, it's a very tropey scene where you've got the Winter Guard and we've got our two semi-heroes. He, Dracula invites them both to this dinner party doesn't tell each the other ones are going to be there so we have our oh are they going to fight kind of moment and then they don't fight and then dracula reveals here i've got this this data drive and he's he's just trying to cause some kind of trouble it looks like he just seems like he wants eventually then there is a fight because he's like oh my god vampire nation let's go and so with that you get these little things like i said i don't know that are you interested in Project Snowblind, and and what's it's such a weird play for me. No, that I was kind of interested when it was a mystery, and now we find out that it's just kind of the same old thing. That I, what I was thinking at first is there was an old Alpha Flight issue called Snowblind, which there was a John Byrne, you know, about about winter snowy things. I thought Winter Guard might tie in, and that was a, a, a famous issue because there's several pages where it's just white. 
and you have like dialogue bubbles and just white. And some people love it. Some people think it was a ripoff. But I was it's a big thing in Marvel history, I thought. And when they're using that same term, I thought there'd be some kind of tie-in, but it does not appear to be a tie-in to that. So this whole thing, it's just a collection of information that the old uh, you know, Red Guardian and Winter Guard had picked up about every bad corporation and bad rich person in the world and bad government thing. And if it gets out, all these bad things should go public. And Red Guardian wants to make it public. And the Winter Guard doesn't want to make it public. And it's supposed to be this big kind of ethical battle about is it better to make all this truth public and make all these instability in the world? Or is it better to maintain stability even at the expense of people who did bad stuff getting away with it? Exactly. And again, like I'm here at Winter Guard. You end up, like you said, from the movie of Red Guardian. You have White Widow. And I don't. I don't need them sitting at a dinner table with Dracula talking about the ethics of releasing info on like, I'm like, what, Jeff Bezos is in big trouble? Like, and it even feels like at one point they're like, well, it is old info. And then you you try to tie it in for like uh, the suppression of information during the, the you know, Soviet. And it, it just doesn't hit with me. Everything ends up in this not oh, hitting. That reminds me of something, a question thing. So Red Guardian had, had always been a Soviet character, right? I th- we have a sliding timeline thing going on here because when we see his flashback, we don't see any Soviet imagery. We don't see Hammer, Sickles, communism. Is he now just about the post-Soviet oligarch thing. kind it of Putin Russia? That's what he's going. And the weird thing is, is that when I do look up Wikipedia's and fandoms to get you know information and mm-hmm. characters for an issue, there is that idea of a sliding timeline that you have right. to go and do that. And it may have he might have slid right to the. You know, like you said, the Putin stuff, because I Captain America is nailed down in World War II because that's where he comes from. But everybody else kind of like like Tony Stark's history, like what he's he kind of slides along. And I guess I guess uh, Red Guardian has slid out of the Soviet era because we are old, which is odd because I like, you know, and and you can play that whole idea now, you know, with the movie and even that he he gets thrown in prison. Obviously, he would get he would age. But. I, I kind of like him just sitting there, and I like him being that out of time deal of he's big Soviet guy. But like you right, said, because the, he was always the Soviet Captain America. I mean, they even spell it out in the one deal when they're you know going through a little recap of him, and, and I like that. I like that he, his ways are old, and it could have been played out. And that's where I think that the weird thing about it is, like you're saying, you would usually get like a Yelena who is a young girl who they would kind of you know butt heads about what is right in the soviet mm-hmm, and things mm-hmm. like that whatever but really all this gets down to is that vanguard is like a replacement and he's mad and oh you got mm-hmm. shield and oh you got you know that sort of deal but it never really plays out to me and i i just this book I, i'm not going to tell you that i think a winter guard book with yelena and you know red guardian should be hilarious or something but just doesn't have any sort of spark for me. It doesn't have any humor to it. It's just all Wait, did, just. Did Red? I'm not a, a huge Red Guardian fan going way back, but did he always fight with boomerangs? Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That that seems like an odd choice for a Russian Soviet Superman hero. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if you're gonna do anything, he he should be like, <laughs> here's hammer, here's sickle, let's go. Right, but. Yeah, it was weird when he's like, you should try boomerangs. I'm like, all right, whatever. But the other thing in this is, and very unfortunate, I think, for the story of how this goes, is that we kind of know for the most part that Ursa Major is is kind of the inside guy or bear, and he's going to end up dead. Do you even have that said? Yeah, that in the whole deal with Planet or World War She-Hulk. So you're kind of playing with that, even though at one point it's just like, you know, let's give up the deal because he is telling them info and please help us and all that but with that too just even leading into this red dynamo stuff and who's doing this is nothing really interests me in this it really does fall flat uh we'll we'll probably continue reading it till the end but i just don't get any reason to be reading this and even with you mentioning the you know the whole deal of the movie tie and that's almost like well, we got to get something in here to bit, but that's not even that interesting. And you get that weird play with this Red Guardian that I, I don't like this Red Guardian as much. He's just there. Just, everybody's just shouting out things. And 
And I'm not sure. I guess we're supposed to think that Dracula is this big mastermind who has some secret plan we don't know about. But he just kind of seems to be in the story to make things happen. Like he makes these two groups show up. And, oh, this is kind of dumb. Red Guardian had collected all these data drives and hid them in different places around Russia that was kind of connected to his past. But then he decides, you know what I'm going to do with this last one to keep it safe? I'm going to take this important data drive of information to destroy the world, and I'm going to give it to Dracula. To Dracula? What? Where do you get that idea? Like, You know what I mean? And I, I, I'm glad you said that, because I'm thinking to myself, like, you could go a lot of other places. Like, I could, I could even see him at one point. I don't even know. Like, who else would he give it to but say he had and to go just and one small panel. Oh, I gave it to Dracula. Moving on. I love it where he's there and you see Dracula. He's like, it's so crazy. Uh, Like, even then, wouldn't it have been a cool deal where uh, he's the Russian, the Soviet Captain America? I even had to go to my biggest enemy. Uh, Give it to Captain America. Not Dracula. Dracula. And then Dracula decides, after calling all these people together, I'm going to give it back to Red Guardian. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, because the plot has to happen, because, I guess. I guess what you're playing with with Dracula, you're playing the Dracula who's, you know, kind of bored. He likes to, t- I mean, he's having he's dinner stuck here in. By, by the way, he's, he's stuck here in Chernobyl. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned, if you haven't been paying attention to Avengers and uh, some X-Men things, Dracula lives in Chernobyl now. And he has this, is this a castle, a mansion? Did he build this in Chernobyl? Why not? We don't I mean, really get a, an overview of where this is happening, but he has a really nice dining yeah, room. Yeah, he, he ends up a great dining room. He's got Dracula's castle right there in Chernobyl where he, you know, is left alone because it's Chernobyl. I don't know why <laughs> he thinks this is such a great place, but he ends up, it's a sovereign nation of vampires. And if you remember too, I'm shocked that we don't. Blade is like the sheriff in town here. He's supposed to keep things okay and right. He's not here, which maybe that would have been kind of a cool tie-in or whatever. And it's 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 so crazy, this whole deal where you even go through with these drives. And I, I ended up going in, and I accidentally killed this lady, and I ended up doing this, and I ended up doing that. And you end up having just the idea that they need these. But at the end, if they release it, it's, oh, no, the economy might take a hit it's just not superhero enough for me even with these guys you have a team in the winter guard that's pretty crazy and you have them sitting there with dracula you know having dinner and they do fight but it's not really that exciting you end up having them at the end kind of you know you have red guardian elena red guardian of course you know betrays white widow he goes up in his helicopter as he pushes Yelena away and she's going to be taken down by the Winter Guard, it looks like. So that's kind of how it ends. But with that, you see, you know, next issue number four looks like she's in jail, maybe back in that red room that they ended up trying to use on She-Hole. So that would be big for her. But overall, eh, the art's okay. It's not stupendous, but it does its job. It has a lot of cool, you know, detailed backgrounds and things like that. But Nothing feels exciting. Like I said, it doesn't have a spark for me. And to find out that all this was a collection of these data pads just to, oh, these people are doing underhanded business deals and, you know, things like that doesn't really get me. Uh, What's your score? I'm at a six. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm at a six, too. I mean, like the Kari Andrews one was also confusing, but I can tell he's trying to do something. I don't know what he's trying to do. But he, he has a, he has a point. He has a thing he's trying to accomplish. This book, I don't know why it exists. I don't know what what point is trying. I to think make. it's just to tie up some stuff that Jason Aaron threw out there, and you know, get Dracula in there as well. Remind just people, remind but, us, remind us that Dracula exists. Yeah. And then the Winter Guard that was a big thing in the event, then just kind of went away. Was a way to tie in to get the World War She Hulk, and now even with that, pretty much over. This falls flat. It's it's bad timing. Everything is not that great with it. But I'm sure there's somebody there's a relationship between White Widow and uh, Ursa Major, and they've hinted at that a little bit. And I think that could have been a more interesting thing to to focus on because we know we're in a flashback here. These whole two and a half issues have been in a flashback, and we know in the the current day, he's dead because of stuff that happened in Avengers. Yep, yep. He's dead and because of that whole deal. That could be a more emotional connection because we know they have a history. They've worked together. 
I, I wish we saw a little more of that. That might make me Maybe care. that's how it will end. That'll be the big thing to end. Because, because I don't care about Red Widow. I think we're supposed to care. Oh, who is she? Who is she going to be? She's going to be revealed. And I don't, I don't really care. No, I, I don't know that we're going to like have big headlines of, oh, my God, it's, it's her. Like, mm, we'll see. We'll see. But we'll move to the next book. And this is one of the three. This is the one I was most looking forward to. It's the one that I had been reading. And I am a Kyle Higgins fan. Uh, I make the joke all the time. He writes books with kids in suits is what it seems. And I had been the, the first issue. I think I didn't like as much as a lot of people. But then after the second issue, I was like, OK, I, I kind of dig this. I kind of like this different take with Dark Hawk coming out of that, you know, anniversary issue where we did see the gem flying towards Earth, all this going on. And the last issue ended with, you know, Connor, the current. Dark, he's trying to get a hold of Derek, his friend, but we know that he's probably dead, which that is. You knew Derek was shot at the end of the last issue. I I kept thinking maybe he's going to be rescued somehow, but no, this seems to be, this seems to be Connor's Uncle Ben moment. Yeah, and, you know, he's going to get fired up about that. Now, there is a weird play in this, but we'll we'll get to that. It is written by Kyle Higgins, and this is Darkhawk number three. Art by Oanon Ramirez, colors by Eric Arcinega, and letters by BC Travis Lanham. Previously, Connor Young is a seventeen year old basketball star diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. While struggling to figure out his future, he sees a mysterious and powerful amulet that transforms him into an armored superhuman. But this new Darkhawk has not gone unnoticed. The local weapons ring once that suit at any cost. That first cost the murder of Connor's best friend, Derek. So I guess it really, hey, if you thought he lived, no. Yeah, whoops. But nope. I had ideas, and I even in the Slack people were talking, the idea that maybe the suit would be able to save him. Maybe there was something with Have that. Have you read any of the original Dark Horse I series? only read the first issue. I read the first I, issue of it. Back during the shutdown, I fell into Dark Hawk, and I read like the first dozen or 15 issues of that. And the suit does heal the person who wears it. And then, you know, it just kind of makes it go away. And then when the suit goes off, he's they're better again. So I thought that might come into play. Yeah. And with that, there's a weird play. But then. apparently it does not heal things like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis. That's the weird play. Because when we were talking about this, you know, people in the Slack, and I believe you were talking with it because you knew the deal that it does heal you. So that was maybe the play of, okay, as MS. But then he gets a suit. Now, I thought that maybe he's okay with the suit on, but when he takes it off, it's not. But you said, like, it heals you. And then maybe he'd be able to get it on dead, whatever. But we see that right away that Kyle Higgins is playing with this, like, twofold. The idea he can't get a hold of Derek. So we kind of know, and especially with previously, that he's not going to. But right. he ends up having a doctor's appointment where... They give and saying that the MS is actually kind of pretty aggressive. These, you know, scans, these MRI scans of his brain end up showing these spots that are coming up that they are things that are problems. And so you're like, okay, well, I thought that the suit would heal him, but maybe not something like that. Maybe there's something wrong with it. We don't really know because I mean, we can tell thematically that in the back of every issue, there's an interview where he talks about people who have MS. It would not really be a sensitive treatment to say, oh, by the way, the the cure to MS is this magic gem from space. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say like that would be like almost a kick in the teeth of people. Yeah, that would be a yikes. Oh my God, this is actually could be a, a book that shows you know, the struggles and the things that I'm and all of a sudden you're like in the, the third issue, oh, by the way, the magic gem from space. Right. Sure, you feel like, screw you. <laughs> like, I, I, did the MS, I, I did the MS readathon for years. They never mentioned the magic gem. No, the magic, uh, magic gem does not do that. So that is, uh, a, and with that, that's an intriguing thing to bring up when we're not quite sure, like in this, if you're just reading this for the first time, you might not be aware. That it should be healing you. So that's a thing that kind of pops up that's interesting to me of how is that going to be explained? Is this going to be something where you go? But really, at this point, there's a weird deal with the suit, the gem and all that, because Connor just seems at points to just know how to do things, or at least he thinks of them Mm -hmm. and they happen. That He says, but at one point, he does rely on the suit coming up of like, oh, my God, do this and you help me. And it does. But yet it's not like a sentient thing that's talking to him or telling him what's going on. So I wonder how he's going to 
find out some other things. But with that, that's the one big play. Again, like you said, that they're not going to cure the MS with the suit. That that would be very insensitive, the way the book yeah. is set up. Uh, but also it does give you maybe that idea, okay, even if we thought it might be able to heal, maybe Derek would not be able to be healed as well, even though we don't even get to that. The other thing, though, after this is going on, it's a big thing of overheating, you know, and, and you, you're mm-hmm. going to think like, oh, my God, now at this point, is the suit actually harming him? Is this accelerating? Is this his superheroing doing this? So that's a kind of a different little slant or swerve with that. Uh, but then he ends up, he wants to make a video to kind of think Derek's mad at him. He doesn't know he's dead, but he thinks he's just not talking to him because he wouldn't give him the suit. He's like, you got to give it to me. I'm going to be in big trouble. He's like, I can't. Makes a video to show us as well. You can't just take it off. It's it's his. He right. found the gem. He's trying to take off the helmet, but he can, you know, have the suit on, off, on, off. He just has to think. Suit on, boom. Suit off. And I think boom. this is important too. He tries to take off the helmet. He pulls, 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 and he pulls it off. But it's not a helmet. There's no head underneath. He's he's basically a robot. And he's still confused. And they did it subtly in the issue before. He is smaller. He's shorter. Right. He loses. So he's like, how can that be? It's me. But then, like you said, when he pulls off the helmet, then it's like, oh, my God, like, what is this? Where am I? Where do I go? Like that sort of thing, because he kind of like comes back in this the mist of the suit disappearing, but also him there. He deletes the video. I thought he wasn't Which going. Which is to, smart. Yeah, it is. I thought it was because remember, be like like Miles when he had his, uh, his I journal. am Spider Man kind of yeah. diary. Yeah. And the thing that I thought because you kind of are waiting for the dad to find out. And remember, he's supposed to do these journal type things that go to the cloud. His dad is keeping track of him. Even his dad had said earlier, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you didn't do your video, whatever." I thought that he was going to hit like, "There's delete," and then send to the cloud. Uh oh, because his dad. He hits the wrong thing, and his dad would find out, but he deletes this. So that is not one of the things. I do like that his dad, when he wants to save a video, he takes a video of the computer screen on his phone. (laughs) The weirdest thing is very dad. It's funny because Connor says, Dad, like that's the, but his dad then eventually, he knows how to do something very odd. Uh, But the coach comes, his basketball coach, and I, I thought that this play was pretty good only because I thought the coach was coming to say, we, we can't have you play basketball at all anymore. Right. Uh, I was going to be somebody's scholarship, scholarship maybe. because a lot of times you do go through the coach of the team and stuff. Nowadays, I'm not sure. I'm sure that th- these kids underhanded have agents and stuff. Uh, but back in the day, uh, you would go through the coach and things. But no, it's Derek's dead. And it's right. it, crazy. It's powerfully done because all we hear is, the coach say it's about Derek, and then we get a silent page of a couple panels where you know what the coach is telling him, and it's you know emotional and crying and breaking down. But I think it's it's a good choice. We don't need to hear the exact words. We know what's going on. Now I I like it because it's a good page. if the coach spells it out, oh yeah, he was killed. He was down at the docks. Then you don't get the cool deal. The next when you do have right, Connor. And, and when we see this. We can be inside Connor's head, and he knows what was going on with Derek, and we can just be thinking about what he's thinking about without having to hear anybody else. Exactly, and I like when he goes to Sean. Again, you know Sean is involved. We know that Sean didn't kill him. We saw Sean is the former football player who kind of washed out and is now working at a bar and also in a gang, a high-tech gang. Which we don't know. We don't know where their tech comes from, right? No, they're just going. Point. They're just stealing things, and it was weird because it it has escalated. This gang. I mean, it is. I could even hit my quickly. You end up with the idea that I thought this was just you know grabbing some things, and and they even point out that Derek got too close to home. But I like that you allow the anger of Connor to come in and say, "What the hell happened to Derek? They found his body at the docks. Like he is." And getting that information right there with him being mad, I think that that was better than, oh, yeah, they found him down at the docks and, you know, go through the whole Mm -hmm. deal. We get the confrontation. You also get that idea with the page turn It is basically what that happened. I'm going out to to knock some heads. I'm mad. And he goes in now. I don't know. Right. So he walks into the bar as Connor 
gets into a little argument and gets threatened by uh, Sean. That's right, Sean. And so it's in, in Connor walks out, and, and Sean thinks, there, I, I scared off that little kid. We see a flashing neon light. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> and then Doc Hawk walks in. Yeah, like, you think you think Sean's going to figure this out, and he's too busy crapping like, himself? What, what does he think that they walk by? High-fived go each other as brother. they went by? Like, hey, you're up. You're tag team. <laughs> uh, he walks out the minute the door closes. Purple, purple light. And not with that, even, even this... It's weird because I guess Kyle Higgins doesn't want to make Sean a real bad guy. Right. He's a kid who's gotten, who's done, you know, he feels bad about his future. He's gotten mixed up with a bad gang, but he's, he's not a supervillain. It's just weird. Like some of the dialogue seemed a little wooden and forced in this situation. I, you know what I mean? For, for me, the whole, the whole book feels old fashioned, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It feels, I know Dark Hawk is a, a 90s character. But it feels more like a 1980s kind of character. I feel like I'm going to turn the page and see like a, a Hostess Cupcakes yeah, really. cartoon with a Twinkie <laughs> wearing a cowboy hat. It's that, got that kind of feel yeah, to it. I love that. Uh, that would be – Twinkie the kids, I, I would go for that right now. That would be funny, make like crazy ads in here because you're right. It does feel like it's a bit like dated but not in a bad way. Like you said, I do it's like this. Fashion, I do yeah. like this book. It's just the idea that you have – the, the thug, this kid who ended up now. First off, I'll give Sean a lot of credit. I mean, I'm not going to go full out that he he's a gem, but the idea <laughs> no. that he is so concerned for Connor's future, right? He's always he said it earlier. Even he's like, man, you don't want to ruin things. Get out of here! Like he's really looking out for Connor in a weird way. He's still a bad guy. He won't tell Connor everything. Yeah, he but, was kind of looking out, but also didn't want Connor to find out the bad stuff he and Derek were doing. So, But then here, Darkhawk takes Sean, and he kind of does a, a real Batman thing, right? He, he flies him up in the air, and he wants information, and he drops him, but then he catches him. He makes him think he's going to die, and then Sean gives up the information that it was Mr. Colt, who apparently is our real big bad here, yeah. who now, killed Derek. if you were a bad guy, Darkhawk shows am, up, right? right? Yes, you are. I didn't. Absolutely. I didn't too. Uh, but with that, Darkhawk shows up pretty badass, right? You, you see him. I mean, mm-hmm, he might be mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, we're being attacked by the Black Knight." I, I go, you know. But then when he flies, I'm like, "Oh, those are pretty wings. <laughs> like they're not that <laughs> they intimidating, are. right? You have to throw guys down and go catch them <laughs> because nobody's yeah. intimidated by those butterfly wings. And but it's not cool. clear in this world. They seem to remember. Oh, didn't there used to be a hero named Darkhawk? We haven't seen him in a while, but it's kind of vague. But again, because of the, the Marvel kind of timeline. I think Kyle Higgins is playing off the idea that young kids don't know anything. I mean, if you ended up like, I'm Darkhawk, somewhere Luke's there, old people's heroes, you know, like that, that they've not heard of it. But some people did. The weird thing is, though, is now that you bring it up, I'm glad you brought it up because he ends up when he's doing that thing to Derek. He's recording the video and he's like, yeah, you know, I Googled some things. This guy yelled out, hey, you're Darkhawk. I guess that's an old hero. I Googled some stuff and I couldn't. He would have found something of the character. He almost made it seem like he was Googling, like, how do I work my Darkhawk suit? You're not going to find that. But you would have had mentioned, but you're really pushing that idea that this is a character that has been forgotten. That is way back. Like you said, even works out even more with that back further history type deal. So he ends up going to see good old Mr. Colt, which... I don't know. The weird thing about it is never thought that he was an evil scientist. I actually thought that it was Sean's dad and they were just running that bar. I, I'm telling you, I really didn't have a bead that we were going to go and see a giant mecha with a brain in it. No, that we're, really we're down by me. the docks. Again, a very 80s bad guy place to be. Everything bad happens down by the docks. And just to say, Mr. Colt, now he has this full-out lab jacket still. I mean, this is crazy. So we find out Mr. Colt has been giving tech where we don't where he gets the tech from he gives the tech to like gangs of kids and the kids use this tech to go knock over liquor stores and then he gets a cut of the proceeds that that seems to be his game probably to fund more evil tech and right this i mean crazy i mean you have a big giant mecca with a brain in it he is Which, doing some is wacky that, things is that right? brain drain from squirrel girl it might be actually it, like it does me. look like it yeah it does and you're going to have a big – I didn't expect at this point, especially with the grounded stuff and, you know, having Connor have MS 
and the scholarship and his friend. I did not expect to have the super evil league battle here. I really didn't. It shocked me on yeah, that Yeah, this trim. team. So we've got the evil scientist looking. I don't know if he's scientist or businessman, cult guy. And his team is he's got Brain Drain and Mecha. You've got <laughs> so crazy. It looks like kind of like Bucky with yeah, two metal looks arms. Like Bucky, yeah. And some sort of a gun stick. We've got a Robo Scorpion. It's definitely Robo Scorpion. That and in the background comes kind of generic white robot transformer. Maybe I thought fly. it even looked to me like the Bat Bunny suit of Batman. I, it's kind of crazy, right? But yeah, I like the uh, the crazy Mecha Scorpion. <laughs> He's a crazy dude. But yeah, I did not expect this. I didn't expect this. And I, I'm guessing that at a point, you did end up having them say, like, to Kyle Higgins, or maybe Kyle Higgins is good enough to know, like, we got to have some action here. We have to have something that's going to push it beyond just, hey, I'm fighting young toughs down, uh, you know, at the docks <laughs> right. or, you know, buying sneakers and things like that. Uh, because you have this battle. It's not a super clear battle. I'm not exactly. Each individual panel looks really good, but what if I try to figure out what's going on here and who's. Who's winning? Who's fighting back? What the Darkhawk suit is doing? It's tough. I, and this yeah. is where, again, I complain a lot. The angle and the, the – it gets real close. Because we don't really know much about this suit. This is issue three. I know it's it's a, a legacy character, but we don't really know what the suit can do. So I'd, I'd rather see some more clarity on this. And, and, and Connor doesn't know, and he at points almost just begs the suit to do things. He's already said he can think the thing on and off, mm-hmm. but he doesn't He doesn't know the oh, capabilities. Yeah. So at, at the bottom of this page, he says, come on, suit, what else can you do? And then we see a zoom in on the gem, the amulet. And I, is it is the gem showing him a picture of what it can do? I don't know. because the, ref- It looks like a reflection, but I don't know what it would like be reflecting. It does look like a reflection. But it's on his chest of himself. So unless there's a mirror. Uh, I, th- I think that's the gem saying, answering his question. Here's the thing. You can shoot a red beam out of your chest. Yeah. The weird thing is, is then he ends up And then he kind just, of does that. Yeah, but shoots a big giant, you know, bubble of And purple. I think that it's- takes out Scorpion Guy. Yeah, it does. That That seems to take that down. Then you end up where, okay, what else can I do? And then you have this. And again, is this him remembering that he did it before? I, I think that's the gem because the art style yeah, is must different. Be. It look I mean the even the claws look different. So I think that again that's the gem telling here's the thing, you can you can you can grow energy claws. Man. It's which weird. we've seen him use before. Yeah, we had we saw him using. He says, he, Oh he yeah, energy guns claws. and things with those. Yeah. I wonder why we didn't have this set up a little bit better when he just had some downtime where right, a little chat with the amulet. Yeah, they, all of a sudden, no, you know, hey, put it on. Hey, is there anybody? Can you talk? Is this a computer or something? And then all of a sudden, you see these, you know, visions and things. And then, oh man, I can see because it is weird. Because at points you think it's a reflection, but why would it be a reflection of his own self shooting? It has to be the gem showing him. Uh, and yeah, you get this fight. Like you said, you're not getting a lot of, you know, idea of what this can do. A lot of the things, it's just the geography of the fight is very confused. Yeah, it's a little off. And yeah, you end up having this cult like, what did I tell you? Get that suit off. And what don't you understand about? I wanted in pieces, whatever. And he ends up in the air. Did the the robot guy just knock him through the ceiling? Yeah, yeah. Looks like he knocked him up and then blasted him. But first, first it chopped off his hand. That that seems to be important. He chopped off his hand, so the fallen hand with the claws is there in the in the warehouse, which would give Colt maybe a little bit. But I don't know how right. that dissipates. But the rest of stuff. the suit and Connor fly through the air and land. In the water. In the bay. Yeah. In the bay. And then he is just himself. He looks na- in inside. He his he has both hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's both his hands. Suit, his suit had no hand, but when he lands in the water, it turns back into himself. He's kind of tangled up in cables, which I'm not sure are those just cables cause are those from his suit? I don't know. Are those know. just because we're down by the docks and it's polluted? The weird thing is it's all in purple as well. And I'm thinking that maybe this is like I think that's the a transform suit? back. I think that's we're we're catching it at the moment when he goes from being the suit to being yeah, himself it's kind of going, and he's he is 
drowning. He's having some problems. He's underwater, and he mm-hmm. gets saved by Miles. Miles grabs him, but when he grabs him, he pulls him up, that. and he's in I the suit again. I thought that was a great Yeah, I thought reveal. it was, too. And I like that Miles is involved here. He has been. Yeah, but yeah, when when uh, when Miles picks him up, he's he's back as Darkhawk, but Darkhawk without a hand. <laughs> yeah, and it's, hand. it's spitting out energy, whatever that would be, out of that hand part. So there is trouble, and we'll see if the suit self repairs. What he's got to do. I mean, this is probably just setting up some things for us to get info. But yeah, when but you have this, this page, big fight, I, I, I love this more. page because it made me think of all sorts of things that can happen. We get to see Miles and like a mentor kind of a role. Which is new, at least to me. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. And again, he ends up where, oh my God, I lost my, you know, if, if you end up having, you know, Connor reveals himself to Miles, which I think that will happen. And even so, you get that idea that, you know, Miles has had some problems, lost his uncle. He's thinking, you know, all this stuff that they can kind of buddy, buddy. And then I start thinking, yeah, I guess that's why you got rid of Derek, just so Miles can, but, but I do like that. I think that that's a cool idea. Now, next issue, you look like you have Miles and Captain America. So we'll see what is going on here. But I do like this. I like it. I just, it took a weird turn where all of a sudden, you know, oh my God, we get real big. You even said like an 80s comic booky deal where I was actually enjoying some of the low key stuff and learning about Derek, maybe even have mm-hmm. him learn more about the suit as he's, you know, trying to figure out his future. And things like that, but I guess we got to get to things. We got to have some action. We got to have some villains. And out of nowhere, we have super evil scientist Mister Colt uh, with his, like I said, legion of craziness. That I still want to find out what his background is, where where he's getting all this. it. It kind of reminds me of the the first uh, of the MCU Spider Man movies, where Michael Keaton was you know was kind of got all this tech and is using his tech to make a gang and steal things. It feels like that. It but does we don't feel know like that. You're from. right. Yeah. And and then, like you said, I like tying Miles into it even more at the end. So what would you give this? I like this a lot. I love the character. I think the giving him the, the MS as, you know, a, a real world tie in. The art was slightly confused in places, but mostly quite good. I, I give this an eight. I'm really yeah, excited. I'm giving to see it an eight next. as well. That, la- that last page really brought it up from like a seven something to, oh, now. We've got Miles in this. It's something cool's going to happen. That made me excited. So, eight. And I wonder, and I worry how this is selling. I didn't even look at the sales leading into this. It's a I hard sell, though, right? I can't imagine it's a real, I know. real top seller. It's a, but it's a having, character. having Miles come in, maybe that helps it a little, having some other characters. Uh, but I think it's a book that people should give a shot at least, give a shot the first couple issues to see uh, if you like it because it is who, different. who maybe don't like the direction of some modern Marvel things and preferred it back in the 80s 90s if that's what you like this is what's going on in in dark hawk yeah I, I really agree i really agree so yeah this is probably well i think it is my favorite book this week from marvel even yeah, with the stuff that we're gonna go and talk about on the patreon spotlight but with that thank you for joining me jason thanks everybody for listening also uh go to our twitter ws marvel comics and then check out our patreon patreon.com slash weird science where you can get that spotlight we're going to do both of the doctor strange death of doctor strange tie-ins this week and also a bunch of other marvel stuff so thanks everybody and we'll talk to you later